Welcome to Thinking Outside the Box with Gavin Rubinstein. Conversations between Gavin and the people he believes have trailblazed by thinking outside the box in their field, industry, or even just in his office. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got number one in the building today. We have the number one salesperson across the entire Ray White group for New South Wales and ACT. My brother, Oliver Labor's welcome. Thank you for having me. Second time. Pretty happy. Thank Second, you. Fir- actually, the first person we've had ever repeat on thinking outside the box. And there is no better person than um, someone who I respect and admire immensely. How does it feel to be number one? To be honest, it, it doesn't feel any different. After I had the award that night, I thought that was fun. But then I've come back in, I had back-to-back appointments the following day, and yeah. I'm straight back into it. Yeah, It's great to have a title, but- I just love this game, you know, and and yes, now I can go into listing presentations and say, look, I'm the number one, but to be honest, that doesn't get you the business. It's actually being me is getting me the business. 100%. And I think that's what has got you to this point. But momentum is a huge part of what we do. You've had a record month. Record month. That's not a coincidence. No. That's what I call momentum. Yeah. So talk to me about that. So- Strip it right back. It's to understand how much your time is worth. Don't keep doing the little things that aren't making, I guess, the dollars. So everything I do right now is income creating. And I have the back of house running very, very smoothly. The more momentum you have, the more signboards in the area, the more your phone rings, the more people you're speaking to, the more opportunities that come up. Uh, And then it's about not letting those opportunities go away. So I'm just as hungry as I was when I was working with you. And and you used to call me the goalie and I'd catch all your leads. And now whenever a lead comes in, I'll actually screenshot that number, send it to my team and say, okay, now it's your job to chase this. If it's a bigger property, I'll I'll screenshot and say, Tess, put this into my database and I'll chase this. Put an alert on it for a week and I'll call them back. A lot of agents are letting it slip through the cracks where I am here to be my own goalie and then give these leads to my team. So even though I've given them the number to call, it's now their lead to take over. So if we get that business, they're going to get paid for it. Lionel Messi ain't getting shit past you. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. And that's a true story. I used to call him the goalie because what I noticed, and this is going years back when we first met and you were working as my associate, there was leakage in my business because we were so busy managing the momentum that we had at the time. And I remember the first time I ever called you to reach out to you to meet. Do you remember Bondi, the show? I remember. We had a chicken salad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember when I called you, you didn't pick up the call, but you called me back. And so I just knew based off of that, that you were who I was looking for to fill the position because it was no leakage. And I think so many people just don't do that as a basic, right? Yeah. They see a missed call. But I think what you do really well is your interpretation of a missed call is a big commission. Yep. And so when you're looking at a missed call, you're looking at potentially 30, 40, 50, maybe $100,000 yep. and you don't miss a call, whether it's a buyer or a potential seller. A very successful business person said to me once, don't miss a call. If you miss a call, return the call. Mm. And ever since he said that to me, anyone that calls my phone will get a call back. What really frustrates me if, if I get a call and I miss it and it's no caller ID. Yeah, it's annoying. That's really annoying. That frustrates me so much because it's like, what if they don't know their phone's on no caller ID and they think you haven't returned my call? That's on me. That's also me overthinking. No, no, but that's a good thing. I mean, that's obviously why you are where you are. But this is one example of a lot of little things that most people, for some reason, Mm. 
don't get right. Mm -hmm. And I know you and I, I mean, we're different in a lot of ways, but then we're similar in a lot of ways too. Work ethic is something we have always been able to relate to each other on. And also our belief that if you can't get the little things right, you're going to struggle getting the big things right. And I think that's so important and a good place to start and unpack. You obviously return every missed call you get. What are the other little things that you do in your business and have done in your business over the course of the last 10 years that has made you this 10-year overnight success? Yeah, 10-year overnight success. Love it. And that's the truth. This hasn't been a quick journey for no me. Yeah. Um, you know, Right now, people are starting to see my name and it's getting bigger and bigger, but really I'm doing the basic things I've been doing for 10 years. Yep. Right now, it's just for me understanding myself as who I am and who I want to be as the agent. It's the 10 years worth of work that is getting me here. It's the relationships that I started calling 10 years ago and now I've spoken to them 100 times. And now when I call them, they say, hey, Ollie, what's up? You know, and it's and it's like I'm caught talking to friends. It's like people are still cold calling. Well, since I've been doing it for ten years, I don't make cold calls. I'm calling my friends every day. Yeah, you know, and and that's what I find. Like I, I'm, I, I feel so lucky to Enjoyable. come into a job, and I, I laugh with people. Like the vendors last night are in in Israel. I sold their property. I'm laughing with them. And what I've learned is no one can have standards higher than me. Yeah, you know, and I standards see it. higher I see than you. It. Yeah, and that's what I, you know, I have Tess on my team, and I'm glad that she has very, very high standards as well. Everything is done perfectly. The signboard go up the right day. Yep. If we say it's going up Tuesday, it goes up Tuesday. It doesn't go up Wednesday. Yeah. If you can't get that right, what else is going to go wrong? Right. Right. So you it, do what you say you're going to do. That's number two. Yes. Right. And even if you think it's the smallest little thing, yeah, it could be the biggest thing for the vendor. Sure. I've recently got a, a property we're working on at the moment where there's um, some mulch going around the pool. Right. The mulch going around the pool has dirtied the sandstone. Mm-hmm. Now, for the average person. They would be like, oh, that's not going to be a problem. Don't worry about it. We'll just, you know, brush it off. Yep. But for this owner and for me, that is really frustrating. <laughs> like, so right now at 8 a.m. tomorrow, I've got my house washer going over there to clean that sandstone that no one else is probably going to realize. Yep. But the smallest little thing for that vendor could be the reason why they're not selling. 100%. So I remember the the talk that you had at Eric years ago. Yes. I do a lot of self-work and, and I, I listen to podcast, and, yeah, yeah. I do yeah. it all, right? But you said it's all about closing the doors, closing the excuses. Yeah. So you're going down the corridor and close that excuse, close that excuse, close that excuse. If you leave one door open and you're coming to decision time and you've got the offer on the table you believe they should take, but that signboard went up on Wednesday instead of Tuesday, Yeah. well, then there's hesitation to sell. Well, well you, you're giving them an excuse. And by Correct. the way, I think I stole that from someone. But it is gold. I mean, you know, it talks about this concept that particularly when the market gets tougher and the mm. market is getting tougher, that detail matters. Mm. And detail matters to you, right? And the concept is you're walking down a corridor and on the other side of the corridor, you've got all of these doors that are open and your job as the agent is to close those doors. And the interpretation of those doors are excuses. Mm. But if you don't give them any excuses, once you get to the end of the corridor, you're in a position where you do become their trusted advisor and they will listen to your recommendation. No different to an accountant, a lawyer, a doctor, which you know these professionals who are representing have in their life and are very used to dealing with. So you say you always call people back, you miss the calls. You say that you do what you say you're going to do. You say that the detail matters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What else? Put your name out there as much as you possibly can. For the last... 52 weeks every week, Vaucluse has received a DL drop from me. You know, that could be, you know, $30,000, $40,000 worth of marketing, but that's one sale, mm-hmm. you know, and then mm-hmm. how many sales have I got off the back of that? There's Facebook advertising, there's Instagram advertising, everything to get my name out there I've been doing. Yep. And how I've been doing that is listening to podcasts, YouTubes, what's been working for people out in you know the, the, the Western suburbs, what's yep. been working for Gav, what did Gav yep. used to do when I started working for him? 
you know, for example, um, when I first started working with you and, until we got going together, you used to, for the bigger properties, only put your name on the signboard. So therefore, I'm putting my name on the signboard. And until my team gets going, and to be honest, uh, until they earn it, earn it, because that's we had to earn it. We had to earn second contact. You came up in a school you know, of hard knocks it, with me, brother. It was nothing was but easy. That's what for turns you. us into these animals, yeah, you know. Yeah. I remember Kai and I used to fight for second contact. <laughs> and there was no management fees, there was no, no pay for it. No. It's just we understood the value of second contact. Second contact would bring leads, it yep. would bring exposure. Yep. I would call around every one of your listings like it was my own. Yep. And I'd say, I'm working with Gavin Rubenstein. We've got this property. You know, you should come through. You should come have a look. And I've been doing that for the last 10 years with every single property. Right. And it's just snowballed, right? Yep. And, and And essentially gotten to this point. Did you ever think you'd be number one? Never. Right. Look, the goal was set last year when I got number five. Yeah. And when I remember setting a goal straight yeah, up when, when, you, you, when you went on your so, own. And when where, I, know, I know you did. And, and I said, I'd work very hard for it. I really did. You struggle with it a bit. You didn't yeah. want that pressure at the start. Yeah. When, when I said to you, I want you to be number one when you first went out on your own, mm. it was something you didn't you didn't want that smoke. It, it puts pressure on me. I already have a lot of pressure on myself and it takes the enjoyment away. So right now, if someone in another office has a big win, I can go, wow, good on you. Congratulations. Big win. But when you're focusing on their numbers as well as you're focusing on your numbers, for me, it, it doesn't create a nice energy. doesn't create positive drive. doesn't pay a positive drive. So I, do I, you pay attention to other people's numbers and sales? Is that Does that have an effect? I did for about a month last year. Yep. And I got a lot of anxiety. Yeah, right. right? Why? Why do you think that is? Because I was focusing on the wrong thing. I want to focus on being the best version of me. I want to push as hard as I possibly can. I don't want to drive other people down and hope they don't write any sales. Sure. I just want to push myself harder. What got you off that path? You were looking and you were noticing this wasn't positively affecting your, what got you to change? I stopped looking at Pulse. Yeah, right. Didn't look at Pulse How for the last six months. Everyone said, you're doing really well. Yeah, you're right at the top. And I had no idea what anyone else was doing. So for people who don't know what Pulse is, it's a tool from Ray White, which essentially shows in live time every agent's numbers. And so you can see how they're tracking month on month, year on year, fin year. And the last three months of the fin year, those numbers get blacked out because they want the awards to be a surprise. So you just stopped looking. Did anyone give you advice or you just worked that out? No, your I just did. It, was, it was, wasn't the right, it wasn't the right drive for me. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. What is the right drive for you? Beating last year, beating myself, doing it smarter, doing it easier, doing it happier. When I get into those zones of I haven't made a sale in a couple of weeks, you see me, my energy goes flat, I push hard, I get this really tense sort of energy and I, and I push harder, I lock myself in the office and I call, I call, I call, I call, I call. But no one really wants to be listening to that person with that sort of energy. So now it's, it's very important to me to have those morning routines, to get the right energy, to get the right frequency, as, as Matt Steinway would say. And that's what I've learned is I, I just need to do the activity with the right energy and then the sales and, and the joy will come. As a byproduct. Correct. Talk to me about your personal life. I look at your personal life and it's it's pretty wholesome. Like you've got a beautiful fiance, Rachel, you got a cute little dog. Bless her, Ella runs around the joint, loves her. <laughs> you got a nice townhouse, you got uh, you know, really caring family, you got brothers and sisters, they've had you got nephews now and, and what part has that played in all of this and how has that evolved over the course of your career? As you know, when I first started in the eastern suburbs. It was a little bit hard for me to involve both lives together. Why? Because they're both so different. 
you know, I've come from Canberra, very low key background. And Mum's very successful though. She's a very successful doctor. My mum, my mum, she's very successful. She's done well. She's raised four kids on her own. I'm the youngest of four. And uh, yeah, it was, it was just a hard environment to mix. Right. And, and even with, with Rach, my fiance now, like we went through stints of, you know, not being together because, you know, struggled, of, yeah. we struggled because of the double bay world of, and me just wanting to drive and me work. And that was the main focus. And to be honest, everything else in my life got left behind. Were you prioritized? Yeah. Because you had to. I had no plan B. I've, yeah. I've always wanted to be my version of success and I've had to sacrifice a lot for it. So now with Rach, I've, you know, she's understood the drive. She understands the gig. I've involved her in it and now she's part of it. And it's taken me a long time to understand in which way I want to join the two worlds. I like to have them separate. Anyone that knows me, like they, they know I like to have my feet in the sand at the beach and you know, stroll around in the sun or go to Palm Beach or go down to the coast and live that sort of normal sort of life. And then my double bay life, which I love now as well, is-, is I to, can't call it the double bay life. That's funny. Uh, I could say the Gavin Rubenstein life. <laughs> you know, and, and that's like the, you know, the, the, the upper class world, which I, I love as well, but it's just very hard to involve those worlds together. So I kept them separate for so long. And now what I'm trying to do, which is, is very, very difficult for me is, since I'm so focused in the work, I know by giving back and having family time and personal time, it is actually going to increase my work because I'm happier in all areas where you know, I'm not actually giving it enough time. One of my goals is, has been to book a house at Palm Beach for my family. You always do that though, Lloyd. It's not Palm Beach. You've well, done it the last few years and you, you in, get a beach yeah, house, you take your but whole family. This, but this time it's a real house. You this is this, a double bay this house. This is a double bay house in Palm Beach. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but it's like to say, hey guys, like this is pretty cool. You know what I mean? Like, you know, this is not from our world, but look where we're staying, you know? And I guess that's probably my own ego to say, hey fam, look at this, you know? Which is, and there's, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, yeah. I think you're pretty in control of it. So, yeah. I wouldn't stress too much. When you look at the last conversation we had on the podcast and what your business was like, I mean, high level at that point, you were writing a million bucks a year. Um, you're just coming off a month where you, you've written about 700 grand for the month. Yep. What's the shift? I'm talking mindset. I'm talking technically. I'm talking team. I need to understand that process. And I think everybody listening would like to understand it too. Like if you were to break it down, how, what? So when I first started, you know, you had more confidence in me than I had in myself. Right. Now I back myself. Right. I know that if I was selling, I would sell my own house. Right. If Gavin wasn't available, of course. <laughs> He's good. <laughs> yeah. Fucking salesman. And that's, that's the truth. Like now I understand more than most. I see some other agents that I go through the properties they're selling and I'm like, I can't believe they just said that. Or I can't believe they can't read that. And, you know, I'm, I'm not great at reading and writing, but geez, I can read a person. Sure. Geez, I can read a person. I can really understand when someone wants it just by looking at them. Yeah. By, by them saying certain things, I can understand they're holding back hundreds of thousands of dollars and they're just trying to play a game with me. Right. So to have me now on a vendor's team, it's the confidence that that is getting me across the line and it's getting me into, I guess, the bigger properties. So confidence, momentum, what else? Can't be just that. I think that's a big piece. That's, but- that's, that's one of the big pieces in terms of securing the, the the, the listings that I'm securing at the moment, but I can do that because my back of a house is running extremely smooth. Talk to me about that. I've got Tess on my team and she's got very, very high standards and runs just as fast as I do. What's your relationship with her like? Unbelievable. Tell me about it. Unbelievable. So she, whether it's, you know, waking up at five o'clock in the morning and we get an email, she's, she goes back straight away. I love it. She beats me to the response and that's what you need. She runs my emails. If I'm in an appointment, I know right now that all my, my, my phone's diverted to her, my emails are being handled, everything back of house is being handled. 
because people do want that instant response. Of course. If my vendors are, are sending me a text right now or saying, hey, Ollie, please call me, she'll respond to them say, hey, Ollie's just in an appointment. He'll call you straight afterwards. Right. People want that response. They need to know what's going on. You said at the start you're going to be very responsive, but you can't leave it an hour without responding. Little things. The do, little things. Do what you say you're going to do. You're yeah. doing it. Do exactly what I'm saying I'm going to do at the start. Right. The vendors that I'm selling for, they appreciate they are dealing with a human being. Of course. In and our business, yeah. Our that, business. that shit will never get automated. And I, I think at the moment I've got some sellers that are, have been pretty pressured to sell. Mm-hmm. Where I need to work now is separating myself because I actually genuinely care for these sellers yep. and, and the, the situation they're in. But then I've now been started to taking on and I'm, and I'm feeling just as anxious as they are. You're going home but feeling like I'm, you have to sell. Uh, exactly. <laughs> I'm going home like, shit, shit, I need to sell. But to be honest, like, but that's that's now where I have to work on myself to lessen my stress load. Disconnected. To, to disconnect it a little bit because now that's sort of impacting into my personal, f- personal life. Yeah. So that's that's my work I'm trying to do at the moment. You now have genuine belief in who you are as an individual and also what you bring to the table in terms of value. You're talking about you being a big asset to someone looking to sell, being able to read the play. Obviously, that you know is very, very relevant with regard to dealing with buyers too, which I notice and see you do very well. You've done that very well for the course of the last 10 years. You say you've got the back of house and your team in order. Yep. Right. How important, I mean, you talk about Tess and I know Tess and she is premium. She is A++++. And it has changed your business. Yep. Right. And we've always spoken about this idea that with consumer expectation in 2023 and beyond, one person just can't do it on their own. Mm -hmm. And you went through lots of EAs, lots, Mm -hmm. and they weren't right. So it's clear that finding the right person who has the same standards as you is paramount. Very important. Very important. What do you feel about some of these guys who have come through as EAs and thought you were crazy, you were obsessive, you were unreasonable in your standards? Now, obviously, finding the right lid for the pot and having the huge success you have had. And what would you say to agents who are struggling to find that right person because it ain't easy. It's not easy. And look, I've been hired. I've had about 16 interviews in the last four weeks to hire an associate (laughs) because I don't want to have that huge turnover that I've been having. You know, I speak to Tess and I go, Tess, is it me? (laughs) You know, am am I the one that's, you know, am am I crazy? You know, and uh, she goes, no, you you just know what you want and your stands are extremely high like us. We hate when someone can't do their job. We hate when a tradesperson can't turn up on time. You know, we hate when the signboard installer can't follow instructions and put the signboard in the wrong spot because it comes back on us do your job people do your job it's not that hard so it's extremely important to find someone that that you know is going to help your business how do you find them? You just got to keep going. You got to keep positive. You got to go through. You keep got to go through. You get better. Like I've, I've, I've now got a harder hiring process. It's almost like they have to fill out a form. I want them to almost send a video interview in to yep. see what they do on the weekends. Yeah. I want to know what family they come from. Yep. You know what I mean? Like yep. there's the hiring process now for me has been, it's been a bit harder. But I think the most important person, like the sales associates, yes, I think they may be a little bit easier to find. They're, I guess, more lead generators and yep. helping you know run your stock. Yeah. But to find the right EA that runs along next to you, when that right person comes, it's going to increase your business majorly. Majorly. It's one of the single yeah. most important facets, right? It just takes the load off you. You can do what you do best and that's you know, speaking to people. Yeah, I mean, the you, more people I speak to, the more money I make. For sure. And it's kind of like even us in the early days and later days, take Remy out the mix, oh. world would have been different. I love Remy. Take Shanee out the mix. Now, yep. Love the world would have been different. Yeah. Even Monty now who has started, right? And you saw, because Remy's part-time looking after a beautiful little baby boy, 
Monty is so good. And mm. and I've went through how many in the last six months to feel that? three, I think. Or four. Five. Five, five. Five. You beat me. I beat you. Yeah. And they would say all these great things in the interview. And then when I got to practice, they didn't know right up until, you know, Monty started. And it really has changed my whole energy, my vibe, my feeling. So it's never said it's capable. Yeah. They're capable. Yeah, it's very hard to find in our yeah. industry, but go through the motions and never ever settle. Yeah, never settle. Never think this is okay. This is good. You know what? I had someone that we use regularly to do our marketing. I'm not going to drop names. Sure. She goes, Isn't that good enough? And I said, Never use the term good enough with me. I love that. <laughs> What's next for you, man? I'm pretty happy rolling as I am. The numbers are growing and getting better and better. I'm dealing with the the people that I want to be dealing with. The price point is growing. Right now, it's, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I've got financial targets, financial goals. I'm at a spot now where I never thought I'd be. So I'm I'm just, I'm right now, I'm, I'm taking this moment to be grateful. I have a lot of gratitude for this this industry. You got no kind of set focus on what's next, what you're targeting, what you want, or you do, and you're not telling us. Yeah, well, I know what I want. From the first day in real estate, I've always known the ultimate goal. I like leadership. I like training people. Just like you, I, I like running an office. So I think one day it would be owning an office. And on a personal level? Personal level, I've seen a property I want to buy. Right. You know how I love Palm Beach? Yeah. This is like a Palm Beach house, but in the eastern suburbs. Yeah, right. Yeah. So therefore, no more trips to Palm Beach. I've sort of got to come to household labors. Just uh, yeah. save some money on the Palm Beach trips and just yeah. invest it in a new mortgage. Exactly, exactly. If someone is listening, and, and this is a two-part question, who is a successful agent, but they're struggling to get momentum, what's your advice to them? Cut out the bullshit. Like we have people that are still writing their own copy. You know what I mean? Like what are you good at? What, what are agents do? We talk to people. We negotiate. We list property. Understand what you need to do and don't need to do. Look at some people that are doing much better than you and what is their day-to-day look like? You know, they're not going to photo shoots. They're not writing their own copy. They're not looking at the ads. And maybe this comes down to have a very, very good back of house, but focus on what you do best. And that is listing and selling, listing and selling, you know, prospecting. That's what's going to be bringing you business. Don't focus on the little things. We have a lot of people that you know, come and go into real estate, and this is what I understand now, is they go, you know, they've been working real estate for 15 years and they're earning the same amount of money. Well, if you're earning the same amount of money and you've been doing it 15 years, you're doing something wrong. 100%. You know, like- A lot of people waste energy in our game. But I'm like, analyze your business. Yeah. Like if I'm, having a, if I'm having a weak month, what did I do 90 days ago? Oh, that's right. I was overseas. Oh, I didn't prospect. Like I analyze absolutely everything. Why am I feeling like this? Oh, that's because I, you know, I, I had you know, a couple of glasses of wine last night. Why am I feeling like this? You know, and I actually analyze, look, I've, you know, I have, I'm an overthinker and I think a lot. But and it's a great thing for it's, you because look, look at where it's know? led. Yeah. Yeah. So I think people actually need to look at the inside and say, what do I need to do differently? Yeah. I saw a guy yesterday without mentioning names and he said, oh, you know, one of your agents dropped a card about my sale that, you know, wasn't directly saying he made it, but it kind of insinuated it. And he's like, it really upset me. And I'm like, I appreciate everybody's feelings. But I'm like, I said to him, honestly, I said, if you're going to get caught up on that, you are wasting so much energy. You need to come and spend a day with me and I'll show you how much of a better business you can build. So many of these guys waste energy. They've been in the game 10, 15 years and it's like convert or dedicate that energy to like you say something productive, to prospecting, to making a phone call, 
to generating business. Like, if that guy had 12 listings, he wouldn't have time to have that conversation with you. 100%. You know what I mean? Go get more business. Don't worry about other other people are doing. I see letters all the time saying this sold, that sold, this sold. I'm like, oh, that was my sale. I'm like, good on you. You know, like you're doing your job. I recently hired someone that had been asking for price guides and he goes, sorry for annoying you, man. Like, I'm just doing my job. And I was like, man, that's what I love about you. That's you are doing you. your job. Let's come for a coffee, you know? <laughs> and now I'm hiring him, you know, because I want that hunger, you know? It's, it's almost like, winner's mentality versus loser mentality, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And you've got to do what you can to get in the winner's mentality column. Yeah. Second part of the question, you are a new agent. You're starting out. You see this guy, Oliver Lavers, who has broken into the Mecca, eastern suburbs, come from Canberra, had no real estate background or experience, and he's your inspiration in terms of the industry. Because uh, I'm telling you, there's a lot of guys who are looking at you thinking that. What's your advice to them? What are your golden nuggets and, and what would you suggest so they can end up on a path similar to yours or maybe even better? Firstly would be to, to have patience, number one. Have patience. Have patience. Do you have patience? I never had patience, <laughs> but I'm still here. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Uh, or say resilience is yes. it's from the word at the moment. It's a golden word in this game, man. Yeah. So try and get a job with someone that has some exposure. How important is that? Very important. When I didn't have exposure and I was working for a different agency, I was calling around everyone else's sales. Yep. I was calling around, you know, Salaby sales. I was calling around your sales, yep. you know, thinking that I had the underbidder and, and that's how I was, you know. But people like the comfort of selling with somebody that's selling close by. A trusted brand. It's a trusted brand. Correct. So I'd say jump on the, the, the back of someone that is, is already doing well, that needs help managing the, their listings. And then treat those listings like your own, mm -hmm. prospect around them, get to know the neighbors mm -hmm. and have a long game. Don't have a short game approach. When you're starting out and you really are dealing with the highest level of mm -hmm. rejection and disappointment on every freaking level for five years minimum, how do you hold to that? Well, have fun with it. I, I genuinely enjoy speaking to people. Like the first three times you call someone, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be upset with you. They're gonna tell you they're off. Or, you know, don't call me again. When they start to know oh, Ollie's calling me, and you have a bit of a laugh, you have some banter, and now it's a light heart conversation. They know it's not gonna be a ten minute conversation. It's gonna be a thirty second conversation. They're gonna answer the phone. So. After the tenth call, they're going to be like, "Wow, this guy's this guy's fun. He knows what he's talking about. They know my personality, and that's why I say the patient approach. Like, of course, every time when I was first calling, I was trying to get the door, trying to get the door, trying to get the door, because that was the ultimate goal. The person with the most appointments wins. That's how I always thought. Like, you know, you make the most most phone calls, you book the most appointments. The person with the most appointments wins. So, facts, baby, you are spitting. Yeah. These are the real estate commandments. This is one hundred and one. So, listen to what this guy just said, and this is how he did it. And I agree with you one hundred percent. Point number one: be resilient and patient. If you don't have the ability to be resilient in this game, get another job. It ain't for you, right? Point number two: work with someone who has exposure. You need someone to give you the key to the door. You need it. You got to do the work, but they've got to open it up for you to have a look. And I was with you for five years. Long five time. Years. Long time. Mm. And point number three: have fun with it. Have to have fun with it. You got to have fun with it. Like you got to look forward to coming to work every day. To come to work and see Gav, to come to work to see Kai, and and we've got some old Snapchats of us really having fun in the office, like really we're having still, fun. I feel like we're having more no, fun now I, than ever before. I, I, it's yeah, different. It's, it's different, but it's yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when I look upstairs from my office across to your office, you're the only one who has an office in here, and I scream out, "Hey, number one!" You know, that to me is a dream come true. So, look, bottom of my heart, thank you. I hope people get everything 
from this podcast as I do just talking to you. I look forward to watching you get number one again next year and then a third time because we're going for the three-peat. Thank you very much. Thank you, brother. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Thinking Outside the Box with Gavin Rubenstein. Subscribe now for future episodes.